The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic, Dynamic pet, pet Duo. Duo. Good morning, I'm pet phrenologist Charlotte Reed, and you are listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio. Well, y'all know that one of my dogs went missing last week, and $500 later, I got him back. Well, I started doing a lot of thinking, because I'm one of those anal, gotta-be-prepared type of person. So let me tell you what I've been doing this past week. I got new tags with all of the dogs, and on the tags, I put my phone number as well as Dr. Flex's phone number. Um, the dogs that weren't microchipped, I got the microchipped. I updated the microchip information, uh, my contact information for the company. I even made lost dog posters for all of my dogs. So this will ensure that I can act fast if one of the dogs goes missing. I just based it on the poster that I had, picture of my dog, a very clear shot. It had a head and his full length body. And also where the dog, you know, there's a space for where the dog was last seen and then, you know, who to call and how much the reward I'm going to offer. So I have all those ready should any dog go missing again. And now I'm just finishing up my priority list of agencies, police, sheriff's office, as well as local emergency hospitals that are open 24 hours. I think it's best to be prepared. And literally all of that took just a couple of hours and I feel more comfortable and actually safer. But let's kick off the show with a countdown and learn some new things and enjoy our guests. Well, in segment four, we're talking with veterinary Dr. Audrey Rupel from Purdue University about the Dog Aging Project. You and your dog could take part in this study. In segment three, Patty Dillon Jeruso from Lost Pet Services, Inc. is going to talk about using Facebook to find lost pets. Her Facebook page, Lost and Found Pets 941, helped me find my dog in hours. And two, this is where we get to dish about celebrities and their pets and talk about flex facts. Let's just say I can't wait for segment number two. And one. Have you heard about the PAC Act? Let's just say it's a step in the right direction on the path to animal welfare. And we are lucky to learn more about the law from one of its co-creators. Joining us today is my congressman, Vern Buchanan. Congressman Buchanan co-chairs the Animal Protection Caucus in Congress and received a perfect score from the Humane Society for his leadership and votes in 2019. He is also a past winner of the Humane Society's prestigious Legislator of the Year Award. Congressman Buchanan, thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz today. I'm glad to be here, Charlotte. I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate your work that you're doing on behalf of animals. Well, thank you so much. I want to start the interview out by saying congratulations, Congressman. And we, members of your district and pet lovers throughout the country, are so proud of you and are so thankful for having your bill turned into law by President Trump. So, mazel tov, big praise. (laughs) Well, I want to start out by just having you tell us what the Preventing Animal Cruelty and Torture PAC Act is, because not everybody knows, and this way they can get up to speed. 
Uh, basically, it's about stopping animal cruelty and torture. As I talk to humane societies, not just uh, U.S. humane society, but locally, and the sheriff's department locally, what you hear on the Internet, it was unbelievable that nobody had ever done anything on a national law. And what the national law does is that there's 50 states, everybody, their laws are in terms of abuse and torture, some are more substantial than others, but there's a lot of inconsistency, and this makes one federal law across the country, which if you torture animals, you could get not only a felony, but up to seven years in jail and additional fines as well. Well, let's talk a little bit about how the PAC Act defines animals more expansively, because I know that was one of the key issues um, in terms of in the law. Yeah, a lot of people think of you know, animals, I think most people do, or a lot of people do, I should say, is dogs and cats. But it goes beyond that. It's just animals, mammals, reptiles. And we're just trying to be more inclusive. Uh, and that's really the goal of what we're trying to do there, do there in terms of the PAC Act. Right. So now your mice, your rats, your pet rats, your pet mice, your birds are also included. So that's that's absolutely wonderful because so many people here, especially in our area, as we know, have birds all in Florida and and throughout the country. Um, Yeah, especially birds. Yeah. I'm just curious. One of the significant features of the law is how it deals with animal crush videos. So tell us about these videos. I think a lot of people aren't familiar with animal crush videos. And then can you talk about how this law is a little different or I would say more comprehensive than the law that President Obama signed into legislation? I think it was about less than 10 years ago. Yeah, I think there's, it's unfortunate. I, I, I've just seen some things online. I've heard through a lot of third parties about what goes on online. People sell a lot of this video and other things, and it's just so inhuman, unbelievable. And uh, so we, that's why we've uh, done a lot of this in terms of this space, is to make sure that it doesn't continue down this road. And, again, when you see it, it's so uh, obnoxious, so unbelievable, that it's hard to believe and hard to imagine. I don't even like to express it. Uh, people can see it for themselves, but the goal is is to stop the abuse in terms of the torture and, and a lot of the things that are going on online. People are profiting from it, and that's the goal of, of, of our law. Yeah, a lot of these videos are, are really explicit in terms of, of hurting animals, so that's why we're so happy that this legislation now exists. So now let's talk a little bit about the state's inconsistency. I know that some states have had hard, uh, harsher penalties. Some had a, some legislators or some um, district attorneys had even a hard time, you know, prioritizing animal cruelty. So this legislation of yours or this law now, it really makes it uh, really comprehensive. Everyone's on the same page, wouldn't you say? Well, that's why people are so excited. And again, when I was in the White House getting the, the law. Uh, the bill signed the law, that was one of the big uh, things about it. It's the first time we've had uh, federal law as relates to the, the animal, these issues, and there'll be a lot more consistency because people are moving across state lines and doing various things. And it's hard to believe, like I said earlier, that there's never been a federal law that deals with this. And so this is the first federal law that deals with torture and animal cruelty that's why I think there's so much enthusiasm because, like you said, some states have little or nothing in terms of protection of animals, and then other states do a better job. But 
this goes further, and I think it's going to send a big message. We'll, you won't be able to eliminate everything, but we're going to eliminate a lot of things because people are going to have to think twice about a felony and time in jail and fines. So I think it's going to be a wake-up call for people that are, unfortunately, either abusive or in this business to make a profit. You know, it's interesting. When I when I listen to you, I'm thinking of all of these wonderful people who work with animals on a day-to-day basis, and they work so many hours tirelessly to help animals or help people in need. And I'm sure in some way for them, this is such a victory because they know the type of things that go on. I mean, they don't always talk about them, but they know the type of things that go that go on. So um, I always want to thank them because they are out there working. And just the fact that you've gone and had, you know, looked at the research, whether it's with the sheriffs and domestic violence or, you know, just um, self-intentional cruelty, these videos and on and on and on. So I'm sure that there are a lot of flags flying uh, for you. Um, from those people as well. So I, I, and I also want to acknowledge them and that's why I brought them up. But once again, Congressman, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. So please, we'll have you come well, back. Any new pet legislation you do, we'd love to have you back. Well, thanks for the opportunity. And I, again, I want to thank you for your leadership on these issues. You're critical to the country. And again, this is a team win. I'm very excited, excited to be a small part of it. I look forward to working with you in the future. Happy New Year. Great. Thank you so much. Well, for more information about my congressman, Vern Buchanan, and the Preventing Animal Cruelty and Torture Pact Act, visit Buchanan.house.gov. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. My name is Mike Ruiz, and I was born and raised in Montreal, Canada, and now I live in New Jersey. The thing that made me fall in love with Oliver was the very first time I met him, he was being fostered by a friend of mine whom I was visiting. I opened the door to my friend's house, and Oliver came running up to me, sat at my feet, and looked up at me with the most beautiful, big, brown, soulful eyes. And within 24 hours, I had filled out all the paperwork, and Oliver was my son. I've experienced a lot of discrimination with Oliver. We would walk down the street, and people would literally cross the street. We know when they would see us coming, you know, they saw like a menacing pit bull type dog. I just found it so baffling because Oliver was the sweetest, gentlest creature that I've ever met in my entire life. Sadly, I lost Oliver in August of 2018. I wanted to commemorate him in a way that was very meaningful. So I got this tattoo of him. It's just such an amazing thing. Knowing that I carry him in my heart, I now carry him on my arm. My name is Mike Ruiz, and Oliver and I are individuals. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? 
EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, visit www.epi-pet.com. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz this morning. This show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm petrodologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And now let's talk celebrity pet news. Well, if you haven't heard NYC Congressional Representative... AOC or Alexandria Casio Cortez got a French bulldog, and PETA is none too happy about this. It seems that Acasio Cortez, who is one of the most progressive lawmakers in the country, welcomed her new friend, her new dog, via Instagram last week on Tuesday. His name is Deco for the early 1900s Art Deco movement. Well, she revealed that. As far as design styles go, Art Deco is inspired by themes of optimism and social and technological progress and is a fixture in iconic NYC architecture, which is true because I'm from there. Well, she also responded to a question on Twitter about whether she would be bringing her new dog to work with her. And she replied that the goal is to train him to be a community pup. Ideally, she wants to work to the point where he can enjoy town hall meetings, be an Amtrak pup since she takes the train back and forth via Amtrak to New York to Washington and come to the office, etc. Well, it should be noted, even though she's so happy about this pup, a lot of people, including PETA, noted, and really she came under fire because she bought this purebred male French bulldog puppy instead of rescuing a dog from a shelter or from the French bulldog rescue group. Me, I think you can have whatever kind of pet you want. You can shop or you can adopt whatever makes you feel happy. This is perhaps is the dogs of her dreams. I want to know what you think. Let me know. Send me a tweet, a Facebook post, or a little note on Instagram, or write to me at team at thepetbuzz.com. I want to know what you think of AOC buying a French bulldog. I'm curious. Okay, and now for Flex Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers. I want the truth. It's going to take long. You got the time. So, Dr. Fleck, what are we talking about this week on your own special segment on Flex Facts? P. This week on Flex Facts, we are talking about collecting a urine sample from our cats. So, Dr. Fleck, why would you need to do this, and how do we begin? Well, we want to do, if there's some irregularity in urine patterns, uh, we think possibly there's a bladder infection or kidney involvement, you need to collect urine as one of the tools for diagnosis. Okay, so how do we begin? First, you need to gather the equipment. If you need to take a urine sample from your cat, your vet may be able to provide you with a special kit filled with items you need, or if you're likely to be testing your cat's urine on an ongoing basis, you can find this equipment from online stores or some pet supply stores. You will need 
a special non-absorbent litter, such as special beaded balls or non-absorbent sand, a clean syringe, a clearly labeled sealable sample pot supplied by your vet or provided as part of the urine sample kit, a litter tray that has been thoroughly cleaned. Why beaded balls? They need to be impervious to liquid. Beaded balls can be a good way to give your cat the environment she needs to go in without soaking up the wee-wee itself, which will make it easier for you to collect later. Okay, and then what's next? Well, what's next? Keep calm so that your pet doesn't pick up on the stress you might be feeling. And don't expect your cat to pee while you're watching. That makes sense, doesn't it? Don't pee while you're watching. <laughs> I don't want anyone to pee while I'm Cats watching. Cats are less likely to urinate immediately if they're closed in a room and expected to perform, just like us. In fact, it can take several hours for your cat to decide that she or he's happy with her new litter and is ready to go. Instead, leave your cat plenty of water and let nature take its course. And you will have to keep any other pets away until the deed is done to ensure you end up with a sample from the right pet. Make sense? Yeah. So how do we store the sample? Once your cat is urinated on the non-absorbent litter, her wee-wee should gather at the bottom of the tray. Then using a clean syringe, collect a sample and place it in a clean, sealable pot supplied by your vet or provided as part of the urine sample kit. It's important that the sample is tested as quickly as possible. The lab will tell you that. Within two to four hours is preferable, as this will provide the most accurate results. If this turnaround time is impossible, though, make sure to place the sample in the fridge and get it tested within the next 24 hours. Okay, so what if you can't collect a sample? What do you do? If you find you're struggling to get a sample, don't hesitate to ask your vet. Vets can often collect a urine sample by extracting it directly. Or they can administer an injection, which causes the animal to pee into the prepared pot. Anything else? That's it. That's all the Flex Facts for the week. Great. That was great segment about collecting urine from cats. More of the pet buzz very soon, but I bet you can't wait for my I Like You of the Week. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. I'm petrinologist Charlotte Reed with a healthy pet, healthy you tip. There are many reasons that you might have to shelter at home with your pets, such as unsafe air quality, dangerous roads, and or high winds and flying debris, but you have to be prepared. So here are some suggestions. Make sure your pet's inside. If it's unsafe for you to be outside, it's unsafe for him too. Know the location of your pet's emergency go bag. It should have already been stocked with extra food, water, first aid kit, and other essentials your pet needs. Take your pet with you to a room that's safe. The room's location is based on whether you are sheltering from a hurricane, earthquake, tornado, flood, or blizzard. 
If there's a wildfire, it's best to take your pet and leave the premises immediately. Bring a battery-operated radio to ensure that you can get updates from emergency officials, even if the power goes out and your phone or internet connection or down. If time allows, move your pet's favorite bed or blanket to your safe room so that you can make him as comfortable as possible until the threat passes. Since pets can get restless if cooped up inside in one room, bring items to keep them engaged, such as toys, games, and learning activities. Make sure your pet has a place to relieve himself. Keeping puppy pee pads on hand can be useful for this purpose, as can potty training your dog to go indoors. Have a few disposable litter boxes for cats, too. Make sure to have cleaning supplies on hand in case of an accident. Keep your pet away from the windows. Debris may be flying around during a storm due to high winds. In fact, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention says that flying debris is the most common cause of injury during a hurricane. Be ready for you and your pet to leave at a moment's notice. Keep your dog's leash, crate, or carrier and any necessarily travel gear near the exit. For cats, have a carrier or pop-up shelter and other essentials. Once gone, you can refer to your emergency evacuation plan. You know, pets know when there's panic in the air, so try to remain as calm as possible. This is pet trendologist Charlotte Reed with a healthy pet, healthy you tip. Stay safe. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy. So I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple and it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. <laughs> I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. I am going to tell you what my I likey of the week is, and it has to do with Spotify. That's the way it has to be, because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. As I said, my likey of the week has to do with Spotify. Spotify recently introduced Pet Playlist, a furry feature that allows pet owners an opportunity to create an algorithmically curated playlist catered to their pet's personality. The music streaming service was inspired to create Pet Playlist after conducting a global online survey that showed 71% of pet owners play music for their pets and that Eight in 10 pet owners believe their pets like music. So why not give pets something that's just for them? Well, the results also show that the majority of the pet owners surveyed think music helps relieve their pet's stress and makes them happier. I believe that. I think it's great. Additionally, almost 50% of the pet owners surveyed think that their furry friend prefers a certain genre of music. Well, I think my English toys like some light rock, some James Taylor, some Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, some Carly Simon. And then, of course, 
Hannah likes her rock and roll. She's a rock and roll girl, just like her mama. So let me know what your dogs like. Check out Spotify. Check out the uh, pet playlist. I want to know if you like it or not, or if you are even going to try it. You can email me at team at the petbuzz.com or tweet or post something on Twitter, social media, my Facebook page, as well as Instagram. Maybe you even want to show me, send me a pic of your pet listening to his pet playlist on Spotify. Well, let's bring on our next guest and let me introduce her by saying Facebook may be one of your best chances for bringing your dog, cat or other pet home safely should he or she ever be lost. It was mine when my dog Hammy, that's Walsingham, uh, Hammy went missing last week. Think about it. In my case, how else could I reach millions of dog lovers, many of whom could easily and happily share the word that my dog had gone missing? So joining us today to talk about using Facebook to find our lost pets is Patty Dillon Giarusso of Lost Pet Services, Inc. Patty, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be able to talk with you today. Hey, tell us about your organization. Okay, sure. My organization is a local nonprofit here in Sarasota, Manatee County in Florida, we're a 100% volunteer-based organization, and we're dedicated to reuniting lost pets here in our two counties with the hopes of keeping them out of our overcrowded shelters. But besides reuniting pets through our Facebook group, we also provide free microchips, free ID tags. We have funded last year over $18,000 in medical care for injured strays that were hit by cars, you know, while they were lost, and own pets while they were lost. We pay for um, shelter fees if a family is struggling financially and can't get their pet out of a shelter. So we're more than just a Facebook group. Um, we do a lot in our community. We also have donated microchip scanners to the Sheriff's Department, as well as some um, volunteers in our uh, local area. What a great organization. All Fantastic. the work they do, and it's all volunteer-based. So really, everybody who's listening to our show on a regular basis, I got in touch with Patty because if you remember way back when, we had Jennifer Funk on the show um, who does the canine massage, and I knew she was on the board of this organization. And when Hammy went missing, I called Jennifer, who has also found pets of friends of mine who have gotten out. So I was really happy to highlight Patty and her organization, uh, knowing some of the good they do, but not knowing every single thing she does. So really the purpose of this interview is to talk about how easily it is uh, to highlight Patty and to thank her for finding Hammy, but also to talk about how people can very easily look for their pets and use Facebook to help them find and reunite with their family. Her, her value is just incredible. Oh, I think so, oh, too. You. So, Patty, you have a Facebook page, Lost and Found Pets 941. Once you realize your pet is gone, what's the first thing you should do? Well, you really need to remain calm so that you can th think through the process. Yeah, I mean, I, I was fortunate enough that I was prepped. So when the dog went missing, that's the first thing I did is I tried to keep calm and not like freak out, not cry. She wasn't calm. She freaked out. I did freak out a little bit, but for the most part, I, I got moving and got into action. Okay. So a lot of people don't really know about using Facebook. So 
tell us a little bit about like utilizing Facebook when your pet goes missing. Okay. So the thing that you want to do is you want to reach out to a local group, possibly the largest one, which would be a county group. And then when you make a post with them, it's really important to include these things. It's very important. Cross street last scene, the town, the zip code, your contact information, that should be a phone number. A good description of the pet, whether it was wearing a collar, ID tags, if it was microchipped, and a really good picture of the pet. Include all of those things. They're very important if you're going to post in a Facebook group. You know, I actually saw one picture, which I thought was funny. You didn't see it, Dr. Fleck, but it actually was really helpful. It was a dog wearing a dress. Do you remember that particular? Right. I mean, if you saw a dog running down the street in a dress, you would know that that particular dog, I think it was a Labrador, had gone missing. So at least the poster, you know, had all of those details in it. So when I actually lost Hammy, I tried to put as much detail um, as possible in my post so that people would know or be on the lookout. Okay. Wh- I mean, what else should you put in your number? Obviously, what the pet was wearing. Um, what about the medication? Yeah, if the pet is on medication, you can mention that. Sometimes there's a little controversy on that because if the pet is gone for any length of time, people can sometimes think, well, if the pet needs medication, it's probably not still alive. So there is a little controversy on that depending on the length of time. But in the beginning, it does create that sense of urgency where it will get people out there helping you find the pet. If you've just joined us, we're talking with Patty Dillon Giarusso of Lost Found Pets 941 about what to do should your pet go missing. Okay, should you adjust any Facebook settings? Yeah, definitely. Um, Especially if you post on your own personal page, you want to make sure that your setting is set to public. Otherwise, only your Facebook friends will see that post, so that's not helpful. So make sure you set it to public. That's a good point. That's a really good point. A lot of people don't even realize that. I mean, I actually had to do that. I put, cause not most of my friends and other friends, just I have a small list of people who see my, see my content. Okay. What about posting a reward? Okay. Rewards also are controversial. And I'm only going to say why really quickly. And that is because if a pet is lost again, any length of time, and that might be say a few days, if there's a reward offered, sometimes it makes people not report sightings because they want to get the, the money. Or it will cause people to chase after a pet. That did happen um, last year that a lot of people were out chasing after a dog because there was a reward involved. But it also can help, as it did in your case. So, you know, you just have to be careful with it. And uh, I do always tell people why, you know, just be careful if there is a reward and, and what could possibly happen if the pet's missing for any length of time. What else? What else can we do, Patty? Well, going back to microchips that we cannot stress enough, like you were instructed, you know, contact your microchip company. Be sure that information is up to date. Over 80% of microchips are not registered properly and are not updated with your most recent phone number. And that is, we can't stress that point enough. And make sure your pet's wearing its ID tags. And if you can't have an ID tag, write your number on their collar. Do something to protect your pet and keep it safe. Patty, we want to thank you for being with us today, and we personally want to thank you for helping us so much. I hope that, as you know, we're a national radio show, that this can be a model for other areas of the United States for helping other people as silly as Charlotte and myself 
that lose their pets. The anxiety is just incredible. So I hope that this is picked up by other parts of the United States with other organizations can help as you've helped us. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Up next, we're going to talk about some global pet news. It involves a cat and two coyotes. Know what? What? Since I got adopted, I've learned a lot about these humans. Uh, I know. I mean, check out these two. It's Flirt City over here. Yeah, I noticed that. It looks like my human is definitely into your human. Oh, look. I think she's getting his number. Nice. Your human's got some sweet moves. Takes after his dog. (laughs) Oh, look, they're doing that thing where they put their arms around each other. She kicked up a leg. It's like in the movies. That's awesome. Looks like we're going to be hanging out a little bit more. Warmer temperatures mean more time outside. You have sunscreen for yourself, but what about Fido? According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com. I'm petronologist Charlotte Reed. I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We're urban, suburban, and, and country. Well, let's just say the global pet news this week has to do with a cat in a tuxedo and a band of coyotes. And let me tell you, they weren't at the dance. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. So, as we've seen in recent weeks, coyotes are being seen in the daytime and caught in places like Chicago and New York because they're hungry and they're coming down to the cities. But one cat didn't know the deal. He wasn't aware of the news with coyotes. So, just over a week ago, this tuxedo house cat, Namax, was taking a nighttime stroll in the backyard in Highland Park, California, when he was confronted by a band of coyotes. Well, at the time, his owner, Maya Gurin, was watching Netflix Stranger Things with her husband. So Maya quickly chased off the coyotes and brought Max inside when she noticed the coyotes around her property. Well, later, she checked the home security footage and she realized her cat might not have needed her help. It seems that the video footage captured Max in this epic battle with these hungry coyotes whom ran back in fear, who kept backing up every time Mac hissed and clawed at them. When she finally brought him inside, she said he acted like a psycho. He was all wound up and wanted to go right back out there and protect the house from these coyotes. She clarified much to Max's dismay that now he's going to have to be an indoor cat and that she also let the Washington Post know that she is going to build him a catio. That's a patio for a cat so he can enjoy the great outdoors without having to fight off predators. I have to admit, sometimes Hayden goes outside in our backyard, but we have 12-foot fences, so a coyote would really have to likely jump over the fence to get to Hayden. But I think Hayden would defend himself just like Max, that tuxedo cat. Well, let me know if you have coyotes in your area. You got to do what you can to protect your small dogs and any of your 
cats or birds that go outside. So everyone, you need to be careful. Coyotes are hungry. And because of decimation to their home environment, they are actually coming down into the suburbs and into the cities looking for food. Just last week, a 32-year-old and a six-year-old child were hospitalized due to a coyote attack. So be careful. Okay, so taking that into consideration, wouldn't you like your dog to live forever or at least live as long as you live? I would, but our pets age, and as our pets age, we want them to be comfortable and have the best health and even longer lives. All the pet owners in my practice certainly would like this. And joining us today to talk about aging of our animals from the Dog Aging Project, Dr. Audrey Rupel, an assistant professor of One Health Epidemiology in the Department of Public Health, College of Health and Human Sciences at Purdue University. Dr. Rupel, thank you for joining us at the Pet Buzz today. Thank you so much for having me. Dr. Rupel, tell us about the Dog Aging Project. What's its goal? The Dog Aging Project is an initiative that brings together a community of dogs, owners, veterinarians, researchers, and volunteers to carry out the most ambitious science project that involves dogs and their owners in the world. We have two fundamental goals with the project. First, we want to understand how genes, lifestyle, and environment influence aging. And second, we want to understand how we can increase health span, that period of life that's spent free from disease in both dogs and humans. You know, I'm just curious. I mean, the study is over a 10-year period. Yes, that's correct. That's a long time and a lot of dogs. So talk about the protocol, and I would assume some dogs would die during, during the, the whole study. Pro- project, right. yeah. Sure. Um, so the way that this study is being conducted is that we're enrolling tens of thousands of dogs of all ages and all sexes and all breeds, and that includes mixed breed dogs, from all across the United States. We're collecting information about these dogs over time and tracking their health-related outcomes that they experience, and that does include that. Um, but by doing that, we're, we are able to examine the influences on healthy aging as well as the influences on um, premature death. So what requirements do you need to qualify for the study? What, what do pets have to qualify? It's interesting because this is a study with, quote-unquote, civilian dogs. Right. Yes, all of the dogs enrolled in the study are companion animals, which is important because these dogs share our environment. They live in our homes, they play in our yards, they drink from our faucet, and let's be honest, they also sleep in our beds. <laughs> um, shared environment is the key to why studying aging in dogs will better help us to understand aging in humans. Dr. Flex laughing because we have seven dogs. So, and the majority of them sleep in our bed. And don't sleep on her. They sleep on me. That's because you generate a lot of heat. Well, anyway, if you've just joined us, we're talking with veterinarian Dr. Audrey Rubel from the Dog Aging Project. So talk about who, I mean, you're involved. Obviously, you can't manage 10,000 dogs yourself, right? That is correct. We have a team of over 40 researchers that are led by Dr. Daniel Promislow and Dr. Matt Caberline. They're gerontologists at the University of Washington. And also Dr. Katie Creevy, who's a veterinary internal medicine specialist at Texas A&M. But the true power of this study comes from our team of citizen scientists who comprised of all the dog owners who volunteer to participate in this research. I would think you would want to get a lot of different dog breeds for this particular study, correct? That is correct. We want dogs of all different breeds and all different sizes because aging in dogs is different from aging in other mammals. 
and that the larger breed dogs actually age more rapidly than do smaller breed dogs. Yeah, you know, research includes understanding dogs and their lifestyle. And my clients, all of our pet owners, are real concerned about that. Can you talk about what you hope to find? Yes. Dogs get the same age-related diseases that humans do. But because their lifespans are shorter, we can collect data that's relevant to human health in a shorter amount of time. So our hope is that we'll be able to identify the biological and environmental factors that maximize health and longevity for both dogs and humans through this work at the Dog Aging Project. You know, I've been following rapamycin, a drug that apparently has some effect on the aging process for some time and been waiting for all of you researchers to get that out on the market so we can extend the life of our pets. So how does rapamycin come into play now? Well, a small subset of dogs that are enrolled in the Dog Aging Project will be asked to participate in a randomized controlled trial using rapamycin. Now, rapamycin is an experimental drug in dogs, and we're studying its efficacy and safety for future use. But our hope is that rapamycin will work to slow aging at a cellular level and thus increase the number of healthy years our dogs can live alongside us. Yeah, every day that I'm forced to to have a pet move into the next part of non-living or living in a different area, uh, I always think of maybe rapamycin if it were available or something else that would help us extend the quality of life for, for pets to be so important for people. No, I mean, I, I think it's, I think this type of study or all studies are really important. And I think one other question, cause you know, we all lead such busy lives. Once we do sign up and we are picked, what, what does that entail? So after signing up in the nomination process, and that process should take not more than two or two or three minutes at most, um, after you nominate your dog, you'll be invited to complete our health and life experiences survey. And that survey is a 200 question survey. Um, but we have broken it into smaller pieces, and so it's something you can do at your own pace. And then we do request electronic medical records be submitted for each of the dogs that are enrolled in the Dog Aging Project. That's no problem, and I'll let you know that in my practices, because I have a number of practices, that I will try to encourage as many of my clients to have their pets be part of this project. Yeah, and I have English Toy Spaniels and, and and Golden Retrievers, and we also have a mixed breed. So the English Toy Spaniel people, that's a small breed, uh, very few owned in the U.S. So I will encourage my English Toy peeps to sign up, too. Well, Dr. Ruppel, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you. We sure you. do. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks for your interest in the Dog Aging Project. That was Dr. Audrey Ruppel, Assistant Professor of One Health Epidemiology in the Department of Public Health, College of Health and Human Sciences at Purdue University. Good job. You did good, discussing too. Discussing the Dog <laughs> Aging Project. Well, you know, it's always too soon to wrap the show, but before we go, we want to give you a preview for next week's show. Next week, we're talking about organizing your pet stuff, including your pets and weddings and more. Well, special thanks to our guest, Congressman Vern Buchanan, Patty Dillon Giarusso, as well as Dr. Audrey Ripple. And we always want to thank our sponsor, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Now, if you have a question 
write to us at team at the petbuzz.com or even if you want to make a comment, we'll cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of the show, visit our social media channels as well as our favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. But remember, most importantly, we're here each week to help you take care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.